Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of the LJPC Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Cunningham. This is a podcast about the amazing people who attend La Jolla Presbyterian Church in La Jolla, California. Season 1 focused on our fabulous staff, and Season 2 is focusing on some of the fantastic people who attend our wonderful church. I have two of those fantastic people in the studio today, Bernie and Ann Porter. Hi, and welcome. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks. It's good to have you here. You're the first of the congregation, non-staff, to be on the podcast. (laughs) We will set the bar low. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. I want to begin by getting to know you both better. So please share whatever you want about who you are, where you grew up, anything about your families growing up, your kids what you do, whatever you guys would like to share. I told and Anne I thought this was going to be a trick question, given <laughs> given Paul's messages and all of that about who who are you. Who so, are you? So right. I'm going an, to answer by what I do, okay. not who I am. So. <laughs> um, I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney for the last 40-some-odd years. Um, recently, a year and a half ago, retired from the YMCA as the general counsel. Uh, it took about five months before I realized that retirement life was not all that it was cracked up to be. And uh, with Anne's good uh, insight and graces, we uh, located a, or found a, an opportunity to work for the Salvation Army uh, building buildings, which is something that I had done kind of part-time with the uh, with the YMCA. So right now I'm uh, a, pro- a project construction manager mm. for the Salvation Army. We're building a couple of buildings and having a lot of fun with that. And I'm impressing my grandchildren that I actually know how to build things. Right. Did you have experience in building before? No. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it, uh, as with most nonprofits, you do all the things that are needed to be done. Hmm. And so as the general counsel, I did all the contracts. Hmm. Well, once I did all the contracts, I know all the things that are going on, hmm. and I know a lot more than anybody else does Interesting. about those things. Yeah. So yeah, huh. I kind of fell into it. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. And it's kind of fun being part of a of a of a larger church organization, mm-hmm. the Salvation Army, learning all the different vernacular and all that. So it's mm-hmm. good good times. Definitely. Definitely. And and where did you grow up? So I'm a native San Diegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are now six of us uh, who are still living in San Diego. <laughs> um, I, my parents lived in Ocean Beach when I was born, and a number of people look at me and say. Ah, now I understand. So. <laughs> your personality? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's your roots, where right. you come from. Um, actually, I, my parents moved to uh, Long Beach uh, shortly after I was born, and I grew up mostly in, in Los Angeles. Hmm. So I went to high school in, in, uh, in the San Fernando Valley. Hmm. And then to Pomona College out in the San Gabriel Valley, and that's where, that's where Ann and I met. Hmm. And then you went on, uh, you went to Pomona College for four years, and then you went on to law school. Right, here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, uh, and, then, and then law school went right into practicing law, did uh, a number of years as a trial attorney, and then went in-house with uh, San Diego Federal Savings and Loan, may it rest in peace. <laughs> and uh, as the whole industry kind of collapsed, I took a little sabbatical and decided it was time to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I turned to the nonprofit religious world, and I got involved with the Foursquare Church a denomination. Now, we had been attending a Foursquare Church here in San Diego, so I knew a lot about that whole that whole operation. Hmm. So I started uh, working at the denomination headquarters in uh, Los Angeles and commuting, which was beastly. Right. Um, 
And so that kind of morphed into working then for a local church here in, uh, in El Cajon. And uh, then from there, I worked for uh, another local church up in the San Ramon Valley. Both of those were as an executive pastor. Hmm. So uh, using my uh, legal skills as well as my administrative kind of background, mm-hmm. did those things. And, uh, and then uh, from there, went to the denomination again in uh, Los Angeles. And then from there, went to a district office, which is a little bit more like a, a presbytery. Hmm. Uh, about 120 churches in that division. And I was the kind of the administrator of, of that, of that uh, bunch of, hmm. of churches in the greater L.A. area. And then I got a call from the president of the YMCA because he was looking for someone to come back to San Diego. And God kind of said, that's a good idea. So, huh. uh, so at that time, we, uh, we moved back to San Diego and been here ever since. Hmm. So you've always lived in Southern California. Yes. yes. Well, I, Danville was kind of Northern oh, California, Danville, yes, but that's yeah. but that's uh, that we call that our missionary journey. Uh, <laughs> everyone needs one of those. <laughs> it was rough slumming it in Danville. It, it was terrible. It was. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's a great place. Yeah, yes. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Beautiful know. area. I know. Do you have siblings? I have a sister um, who I allowed to live because she was younger than me. <laughs> And she points that points that out on a regular basis. She lives in uh, in Indiana, and I uh, have a, a nephew and two nieces mm. that I don't get to see very often. Mm. So, yeah, we're a small family. Yeah. All right, Anne. Okay. I assume you'll talk about the kids as well. <laughs> okay. Well, I was born in New York, uh-huh. in Queens, and um, when I was eight, we moved to Arizona. Okay. So I went to school in Phoenix, and. Uh, a friend at school happened to tell me about a college I'd never heard of, which was Pomona College, mm-hmm. because it's small and a little bit under the radar. And um, that's where I went, and that's where I I met Bernie. Um, we were supposed to be there for a week of orientation, and at the end of the week, uh, his um, resident assistant and my sponsor had kind of hit it off. So they decided that since they were still kind of on the clock as far as taking care of us, mm-hmm. that they would plan an outing. So they planned an outing to the beach, and he had the uh, RA had a big um, suburban, but they needed a little more room, and they had one person in the uh, in the group who had a car, and uh, my roommate wanted to be in the big van and meet more guys, and uh, <laughs> I saw this poor young man standing there holding car keys, and I and she was just protesting and protesting, and I felt so sorry for him <laughs> that I said I'll ride in the car, and everyone said what. You're going to do it? I can't believe it. That's so nice of you. And I thought, what am I missing? Yeah. You know, four people in a car or everyone jammed in a Suburban. And that's how I met Bernie. He was oh, holding the car goodness. keys. So um, Right off the bat. Right off the bat. We, uh, we didn't really start dating seriously right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, we got married the day before graduation because my parents said they would come to a wedding on the West Coast or they would come to graduation. And uh, we decided that was the only way we could think Wait, of doing Wait, your parents both. were living in Arizona. They were in Arizona. It's not that far of a drive. But they, but they had to put the cats in the kennel, and that oh, was kind of the okay. clincher. <laughs> yeah, you had to, you had to kind of know The cats or our daughter's wedding. Oh, it was, decisions. It was hard. It was hard. <laughs> I love it. And then we came down to San Diego. So um, most of my jobs were to help put myself through school, mm-hmm. you know, a variety of things, including Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor, which mm, was yes. not as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, when we got down to San Diego, um, I, uh, I, was a, well, I, I saw an ad in the 
in the uh, in the union for um, working at, a, at an employment agency, and I didn't really know what that was going to be like, but I believed in people finding jobs, and I think I thought, well, when a job comes around that looks really good, I'll just take it. Mm. There we go. Um, but I ended up liking what I did and helping people, mm. and uh, I stayed there for, well, I stayed there until our son was born five years later, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was how Bernie got through law school and, and got to his <laughs> first job. And, and bought our first car and wow. bought our first house. But uh, wow. by then, he was working really long hours, and uh, so I was a full-time mom. And our first, our first child um, had some challenges. Mm. He, was a, he was a failure to thrive, mm. um, which required a social worker and all kinds of other things, mm. which took, took a lot of time. And, um, and about a year into it, I thought, okay, we want a bigger family, and I'm already spending 24 hours a day. I'm not getting any sleep. Right. And in my sleep-deprived state, I decided that uh, it was time-effective to just go ahead and have the rest of the family. <laughs> so, yeah, you can tell I really wasn't getting any sleep. I so, love it. So we had uh, two more children. Mm-hmm. and um, Right, boom, boom. They're, boom, boom. How close are they? They're a um, little less than two years apart. Mm-hmm. So by the time our oldest was four, we had three children wow. under four and uh, that was that was exciting that was full time but we wanted five <laughs> really we did we wanted we did want five and when we got to three and bernie was still working really long hours and our house didn't fit anymore and our car didn't fit anymore <laughs> reality right. kind of set in and we thought maybe we're maybe we're done yes and they, so. and they really did outnumber us right yeah. <laughs> they, you don't have enough hands you, you know don't have enough hands. you had to say get attached and yes. they had to get attached to themselves and and learn right. learn all these things well my brother has seven i don't know how he does it <laughs> right oh my it's a lot yeah well, it was a really new thing for me because i grew up as an only child I actually have, um, well, I had, I had two older sisters who were um, 25 and 27 mm-hmm. years older than I was from my dad's previous marriage, oh. and who, I, who we saw for a while and then not really after we mm. left, um, left New York. So I actually have um, a nephew and several nieces who are older than I am, which mm. is a little bit yeah, odd. Interesting. And uh, I have one living half-sister who just turned 95. Wow. And is living in in New York, and we've been. Uh, she wanted to be reacquainted a number of years ago, so we've been talking regularly on the phone. Had a couple oh, of visits wonderful. each direction. And that's yeah. been that's been really interesting yeah. and exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, so that kind of oh, that's kind of yeah, where we are. Was there yeah. anything anything else? Well, tell me about your kids. Okay, there's three. Um, the oldest is 41, kind of scary, and uh, <laughs> he was a. Um, uh, sis, um, what, do you, what do you call it? A uh, financial analyst, analyst. an analyst uh, for some big companies, um, for uh, Procter and Gamble and Disney and Microsoft. And then he came down here to um, be kind of groomed for a CFO position with a, a smaller firm, and kind of said, you know, maybe this isn't what I want to do. So right now he's an executive pastor for a church up in Seattle. Mm, great. Um, so we had them down here for a little over a year, which was really fun. We have three grandchildren um, with, him. with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old are they? They are 13, 10, and is that right? 13, 10, and, and she's still? Seven. Seven. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, she seems older. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're really fun. And, uh, and then our daughter, Audrey, um, she and her husband, Marcos, live in Escondido. And so they've been, they've been, they're members here. Yes. And they have two children. They have Mateo, who is eight. 
and Sonia, who is five. And uh, then we have our, our youngest son, um, Evan, and his, his wife, Tanya. I guess our oldest son is Ryan, and his wife is Sheree. I left that out, sorry. Uh, and um, they live in Long Beach. And oh, and Audrey is the um, Audrey is works at the um, at the San Diego County um, Office of Education. Office of oh, Education yeah. is long. She is the uh, she is the director of curriculum and um, and ongoing education for math mm. for the County of San Diego. She was a teacher first, and then got involved in the Common Core. And, oh, sure. Uh, and then yeah, and then switched to this. And our um, our youngest Evan is a systems engineer for uh, Raytheon, and um, and he and Tanya have a daughter who's five, um, Amelia, and they are expecting another one in oh, September. So February, February. I said September. February. Sorry, February. Okay. So so they're um, they're great. We wish they were all in San Diego. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> yes. But um, you know, um, which is probably how why what I'm doing volunteering with the preschool Sunday school mm-hmm. really helps mm-hmm. because all that all that love that you really can only express long distance you can express close up and right. personal so right. that's that's really fun well let's talk a little bit about that I know you both volunteer and do quite a bit here at the church so uh, share with us what you guys do and and really why you do that why you, you you're sharing a little bit about your love for kids but you know, why you guys choose to serve here at La Jolla Press? Um, well, actually, I, I have worked with kids before, but it's more like 35 years ago when mine were, were little and um, haven't really done it in the meantime. Thought it, I'd kind of outgrown it. And um, and I've, uh, you know, we've been involved with a small group and I've done other things. I did years and years and years of worship. I, I play the flute and, um, mm. and um, anyway. But I there was a need and the more I, um, the more I didn't do anything about it, the more it kind of nagged at me. Yeah. And uh, and I think I went to um, another, you know, one more baptism, and raised my hand and promised to do everything to support and raise this baby. And right. thought, how exactly am I doing that? So, uh, and my granddaughter was in the class, and they were having a really hard time. So I I said, you know, I'll help. And I started out just helping once a month. Uh, with Julie Gibbs, who was great, showed yes. me all the ropes. <laughs> and, she is uh, great, <laughs> really. And uh, and then as time went on, um, there was a there was a bigger need. It wasn't just a need for you know for a volunteer. It needed to be someone to be more involved with the program. And talk to Susie, who is also great. Yes. And um, and you know and I was talking about um, you know something kind of limited, and she was talking about something greater. And and at first <laughs> you know kind of scared me off, but you know I went home and I thought about it, and I thought um, you know well let's just see where it goes, see what mm-hmm. God does, and uh, and it's it's been it's been great. Um, How long have you been doing it? Um, Full time since uh, last last September, so a little over a year, and um, the kids are amazing. The ki- this church has kids that are they're bright. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I learn more from them every week <laughs> than they could possibly learn from me. Um, the parents have been amazing. The parents, grandparents, and also some people that don't have any kids and um, have come really alongside and wanted to volunteer. And some of them are just so good. You know, a child comes in isn't even sure they want to be there, and they have them not only um, calm but excited and Wonderful. wanting to come back. And so that's been great. And um, in fact, I it's been very humbling 
um, we've been uh, one of the lessons that we're doing right now. Uh, we're doing the life of Peter instead of First Peter, uh, which seemed more appropriate, but still to kind of go along with what what Paul's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, the where Jesus tells them to put down the net on the other side of the of the boat, and it's just full. Yes. And they've done nothing to make it full. And that's that's a lot how I feel. Um, that you know, I've I've been in places where I've worked really hard at different kinds of ministry, and Nothing ever seems to happen, and this was something I wasn't even sure I wanted to do. Um, but and we have a good time; it's really fun. I love that. So um, it's been amazing. The volunteers have been amazing, and um, um, the maintenance staff has been amazing. <laughs> you know, because we need some extra things in the room. Mm-hmm. We have parents coming in when their children are are the star of the week. And it just wasn't working for them to be on chairs that were 12 inches off the ground. (laughs) You know, it sounded okay, but then, you know, I saw them come in and just say, no, I'll stand. And I thought, no, this isn't going to work. Mm. So they bring in extra chairs and take things away and move furniture. And Bernie comes in in the morning. We get here at 8 o'clock or 8.15, Mm -hmm. and he starts moving furniture and moving blocks and (laughs) and, uh, bringing things down from the storage upstairs with a big cart. And it's, um, it's really, you know, it's kind of, it feels like a family Right. or a village activity and which I which I feel really good about because I think we as a church are the ones that are raising mm-hmm. our kids and modeling for them um, so we have a lot of music we have a lot of crafts and art mm-hmm. and uh, um, we have a story they do a lot of participating we have a lot of hands-on and uh, and I feel like they're experiencing the love of Jesus mm-hmm. and also having a chance through learning to share and helping one another. Um, and behaviors, um, they're learning also to express the love of Jesus to yes. one another. And some of them are really, really amazing in the way they go out of their way to help someone who's new or someone who falls down or, you know, it's pretty pretty great to watch. I love that. And so are you the Sunday school coordinator? You work with all ages? No, just preschool, so two just through five. Okay. So which right now is uh, first and second services. Okay. And you set up the, you coordinate the lesson and the volunteers? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And what we've been doing since the, um, you know, Paul had mentioned when he was doing the parables that it would be interesting to see what would happen if we could coordinate the, the preschool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I decided to do that in that order to go along. And the, the, the parents and the kids seem to be getting a lot out of that. Great. They have more to, you know, more to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been really good for me too, and really good for the volunteers because we feel then like we've been we've kind of been to church. Mm-hmm. We still want to listen to the you know to the podcast or to, to watch the video, but we've we've been there. It hasn't just been all giving out, but we're we're getting something back too. I love that. So it's been well, great. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for doing that. <laughs> it's been it's been good. It's been it's great. wonderful. We need people that are passionate. I'm, I mean, every age is so important, and I think so many times. The, the little ones are forgotten about that they need to be nurtured and they yeah. need to hear the stories and, and be a part of the, the whole church. So thank you for doing that. Well, and last year I decided to, you know, to keep count and we had 150 children in our program. In that age group, in that preschool age group. And wow. Some of them were just visitors. Some of them just came a few times a year. Some are there most weeks, but it was so many children and, um, which made me want to really make sure that every time a child, you know, if a child only came once, 
they got something out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I can, you know, I, I send out music and, and things like that to kind of follow up. And some of them want to take advantage of that, and some don't, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's better than feeling like you had a visitor and no one, no one greeted them and no right. one... You know, no one tried. So, yay, and that's been great. No, not, but no, thank you. You know, yay, Jesus, because he's, <laughs> right. he's done a pretty amazing well, thing. Well, thank there. you for answering the call. <laughs> thank, you're welcome. Definitely. All right, Bernie. Well, we're still waiting for the 150 kids to show up at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. That would be great. <laughs> I have you on speed dial. <laughs> right. We, many of us can come running in at that's any right. time. Yeah. That's right. So, as Anne's already said, I am the assistant preschool coordinator i love that so that's that's <laughs> you're the my... block the official block mover yes <laughs> yes and uh, so um I, I have done a lot of things in church uh, at this church i have served on session i serve on the hr committee I, I chaired it for a while and i'm kind of the bench player at this point uh, <laughs> when i when i get a text from paul cunningham mm-hmm. i know that uh, my next assignment is on its way yes so yeah, and that's kind of fun. I'm yes. just uh, available to uh, fill in as needed. Yes. That's been, that's been good. And, and and why do you do that, Bernie? Why do you, <laughs> uh, you feel Paul passionate? Paul just grabs Paul? my arm, he twists yes. it as yes, hard as he right. possibly can. <laughs> no, that's not right at all. Um, well, I, I enjoy it. That's mm-hmm. who I am. Uh, in the church world, there are oftentimes people look and say, who are you? And there are people who are um, very much into the community of church. And then there are others who are very cause-oriented. I, I, my wife is very cause-oriented. Um, I'm very corporate, which is kind of the other side of things. So I like organization. I like the way things are put together, mm-hmm. how they run well and run better. So I I kind of look for opportunities to exercise my, my corporate muscle and those kinds of things. Um, in the experience I had with Foursquare, um, when you're working at a district level or even a denominational level, uh, you're oftentimes called in to, to pinch hit. And so pinch hitting is, is uh, it's, a, it's a good skill. And yes. uh, so I've actually served as an interim pastor uh, for a church. I've, I've, I've been called on to fill a, fill a, a pulpit on a number of occasions. Um, and I feel comfortable doing that, at least I have. Um, and, you know, you get so that you're kind of ready to do whatever needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of evident in my walk with the Lord. I'm just kind of saying, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, I've kept my law license current. I still I still do a fair amount of uh, giving advice or translating what law means into English. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much, uh, okay, Lord, what's, what's happening next for me? Mm-hmm. And uh, being retired from the Y, but still working and all that, I, I have a lot of freedom and, and a lot of uh, availability, and that and that helps a lot too. Yes, well, your open spirit and heart have been such a blessing to my husband, and um, so we thank you for that. Oh, it's yeah. been a gift to have you uh, to uh, kind of help him through this time of transition as well with the loss of Stan and with Mike moving to Escondido. And so thank you for being on the bench and stepping up <laughs> to the plate. Well, as, as, we, as we say, all glory goes to God because right. it's, uh, it's, it's fun being in what God is doing. It mm-hmm. is fun, it right? Is. It's a good way to say it. It is. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. All right, so what brought you guys to LJPC? How would you guys end up here? 
Okay, this is this is funny because Anne, Anne and I have been together now for fifty years, oh, 50 and so we years. Oh we oftentimes when something happens, we look at each other <laughs> and kind of say, "Okay, who's going to go first on this one?" <laughs> we at the time were uh, at the time that you had just got you'd been here, I think, about a year. Okay, and you were just getting ready to start the contemporary service. We had actually come to La Jolla um, a number of years earlier. And um, we had we came to the Saturday night service, and um, we had a poor experience. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she's looking for the right words. Yeah, after the first visit, you had a poor experience, or for a longer period. Of time. We we came for six months, and you had a poor experience for six months. <laughs> well, <laughs> the same the same. Pe- there were several people from the worship team who came down and greeted us every uh-huh, Sunday uh-huh. and every every Saturday night. And every Saturday night they asked our names, and they meant well. But, <laughs> you know, they, it wasn't registering. Right. And we went to um, – they were having a, um, a get-together for newcomers over the Christmas season. And we went, thinking this is our chance. And um, and the members were really talking to themselves, mm. and we couldn't break into a conversation. Mm. Mm. So we – Ended up going to um, down to Point Loma, and uh, by then our son was engaged to be or close to being engaged to be married to um, to Tanya. And Tanya's dad um, is a longtime Presbyterian pastor, and and he knew John Powell, mm-hmm. and so we were going we were going there, and then they eventually decided they were going to get married there. It's not a very contemporary. Kind of, it wasn't a very contempor- contemporary service. Right. So we um, we were kind of missing that, mm-hmm. and we found out. I don't know how we found out. We found out maybe it was even an ad in the paper that there was going to be a contemporary service starting here, hmm. and we thought we want to be there. So as soon as the wedding happened, um, <laughs> <laughs> really, and and Bernie had had um, you know said that he was going to step down from session and. Uh, um, and we came here, and we never looked back. Hmm. We just knew this is where we wanted to be. The contemporary service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Foursquare more contemporary? Is that what your draw was to the contemporary well, service? It, it, it depends. It really does depend. Mm-hmm. There are as many variations. I don't think I've ever of, been to a Foursquare service. Well, you've been know. to an Assembly of God service. Well, that, that's right. Is it similar to Assembly of oh, God? Oh, yeah. That's how I grew up. Yeah. 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 Okay. The smaller churches, some of the smaller churches tend to be more um, um, traditional. A lot of the larger churches, the kind of mega churches mm-hmm. in Foursquare, tend to be a lot more um, mm-hmm. contemporary. But that isn't necessarily, you know, necessarily a rule. It mm-hmm. kind of goes That's both right. ways. Okay. Where we ended up being, unless we were there for some other reason, was usually contemporary. Mm-hmm. That's where we gravitate. It, it's yeah. hard to let go of rock and roll. Right. I mean, I because of the way I grew up, I'm more drawn to contemporary as well, I, even though I love – gosh our choir and and the orchestra and the brass and all right, of that is right. so spectacular in in the service but it's hard to not be drawn to the way you grew up you know it's true yeah yeah so, so that that really is how we how we got here and uh and then audrey and marcos have been trying to because they lived so far away we're mm-hmm. trying to find a closer church and um and they ended up just saying they felt comfortable here this was where they wanted to get married and this was where they wanted to mm. Um, you know, they wanted Paul to do their counseling, and right. so they, um, yeah, they're pretty sold yeah. out being here. Yeah. So, and our other kids have visited, and they've been here. Um, when our oldest, when Ryan and Cherie were here, their three children wanted to go to. Well, there were two of them anyway. The two youngest wanted to go to to Wednesday night. Oh, fun! Um, 
and uh, it was it was interesting. We we have a well, Bernie leads a growth group in uh, that meets here at the church on Wednesday nights, and so we timed the growth group so that parents of kids could come to the growth group and. Uh, and I would go out to, I'd meet her halfway. They were living up in, where are they living? Uh, Del Sur. Yeah. And so I'd go halfway. I'd meet her in, um, well, I'd meet her at Del Sur. They were living further up. And uh, and I'd pick up the kids in the afternoon right after school and get in the horrible, horrible traffic <laughs> right. and then meet Bernie and we'd grab something to eat and we'd head down to, you know, head down to church and drop the kids off and go and do growth group. Fun. And then afterwards we'd take them back up to, Good to the Del Sur exit and, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was great to be able to do that right. and Sailor got to go to winter camp. Oh, fun! Right and uh, and yes, you and I actually yes. yes. And so you gave her the best encouragement. Oh, good. <laughs> and um, sweet, sweet girl. She had a great time. Good, she had a great time. Good. So, so I yeah. love that. I love that. So that's so fun. Well, I'm glad you found your home. Yes. We did. We're yes. so thankful to have you. Definitely, definitely. Um, so tell me a little bit about your faith journey. When did you guys accept Christ and? And kind of how has that gone throughout your life? How, whatever you want to share about that. Let me well, start. Let me start on yeah, this one. That's good. So, um, my mother was was raised in the Apostolic Church in Southern Ohio, mm. and my dad was raised in the Baptist Church, living in Long Beach. And when they got married at the end of World War II, uh, they compromised and discovered and decided to become Methodists. Okay. <laughs> I've never really understood that decision, and and both of them are gone now, so I really can't ask that. Yes. Question. But that was that was their compromise. Hmm. Um, later on in life, my mother got got pulled back into the Pentecostal side of things, and mm-hmm. so she she was the one that kind of got us back into in, or got into the Four Square Church. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and being in the Methodist Church was uh, a way of learning a lot of the basic Bible stories and all those kinds of things, but it wasn't very spiritual and so i i could i was kind of a sort of christian uh, from that bringing up up uh, time um heading off to college i didn't think i was really you know, there was no reason to go to church i was not a part of who i was or what i did and then then we met i'll let you talk <laughs> well i um i was brought up in a jewish family oh well, you were and uh, my my mother's family, in fact, was very very orthodox, huh. and uh, my father's family not not quite as 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 religious. And um, but when we moved to Arizona, we did not end up living in a community that was predominantly Jewish. In fact, um, I went to an elementary school with eight hundred children, and I was the pretty much the only one. Really, there was one one boy my age who had uh, his mother was Jewish and his father was not. But that was it. Huh. And I, you know, in New York, um, the Jewish holidays are legal holidays. Sure. Um, not so much in Arizona. <laughs> and uh, and I wore, you know, I wore a Jewish star. And so everybody knew I was Jewish. And I was giving, I was asked to go to all the rooms and talk about the holidays and hmm. things. Um, but they're also, the community that we lived in had a lot of people from a lot of places. And so I also had children looking for my horns or saying, hmm. why did you kill Jesus. Oh, my and goodness. So there was a, a real variety, and I think it was oh. the first time I was really aware of, of that. And um, so we, we did not have any family there, and for a while we were part of a, of a synagogue, and then, um, and then, and then not. Um, so I went to college um, as a practicing Jew, but also sort of as a cultural Jew. It was mm-hmm. kind of somewhere in the middle. And I met Bernie, 
and of course I was really hopeful because his name was Bernie. <laughs> My mother was really hopeful because his name was Bernie. So I, I had to let her down easily and say that he was a junior, and then she knew. You know, it was like, oh. oh. But um, we uh, we we didn't do anything very quickly. You know, we didn't know how we were going to figure this out. We had a lot of very very long and sometimes tearful discussions. Mm. Um, trying to see what we believed. And we ended up coming to the conclusion that um, we believed things that were very similar and we'd be great in an ecumenical service. So we started going to one oh. at the church and the, uh, at the, at at the, school. At the school. So the, let, me, let me jump in. Okay. So uh, Pomona was part of a, a consortium of, of colleges in that area, so Scripps and Harvey Mudd mm-hmm. and CMC and Pitzer are all there. In the middle of all that, they have a uh, center for religious, for religious practice. They also have a theology school hmm. that's affiliated. Um, so they do have a, a pastor who's in charge of that program. And when we were there, it was a, a fellow named Gordon Verplank, who was a Presbyterian minister, mm-hmm. uh, another one of those Princeton guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was in charge of that uh, of the ecumenical service, which was really ecumenical. It was it was not Christian. Uh, even though when we talked to Gordon, he would say, well, you know, my inclination goes hmm. this way. Interesting. And so we had, we had some interesting mm-hmm. conversations with him. Right. And, uh, um, well, and after we had been dating three years, we kind of officially got engaged. Mm-hmm. By then, all of his family and all of my family were saying, well, when are you getting married? You know, there's a sale right now on on um, Tupperware Pro- and <laughs> or Corningware, and I could I could Pro- buy a head. Pro- Pro- <laughs> and uh, so we thought, okay, people are being okay with this now. And uh, so when it got to that point, we went ahead and we planned planned our wedding. And we thought, okay, when we graduate, we will just go and find an ecumenical service to attend. Um, very naive. Didn't really have a have a clue that unless you're on a college campus in 1973, you were not going to find really an ecumenical service. Yeah. It was not going to happen, um, and so that was that was hard. Um, do you want to do the next part? Well, um, so so Gordon did our wedding. He did our wedding, which and, and he wore his academic robe, not his not oh. his uh, priestly huh. robe. Um, and we had a little Shakespeare, and we had uh, and, and we wrote and our own vows well, and I'm, all of that. A lot of it from the Book of Ruth. Yes, mm-hmm. the Book of Ruth and all. A very old, a lot of Old Testament uh, huh. approach to things. Yeah. Anyway, so although the college chapter is First Corinthians thirteen, yes. so we had that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. when we're very much involved with the college. Um, so from that point on, we were pretty much non-attenders or even seekers at, at all. Well, we'd go with your parents, and Bernie's mom uh, found out she had uh, breast cancer about the same time that we got married, and uh, so she had surgery and you know radiation and chemotherapy and all of that. Right. She she finally passed away in the spring of 1980, hmm. um, and at her funeral, uh, which was a kind of a big deal because they were very involved with a very large church in the San Fernando Valley, a Foursquare Church. Um, at the end of it. Um, uh, all the people who were there pretty much walked up and made a line and wanted to love on us. Hmm. And I've never had uh, that much love kind Hmm. of poured out on me or on us uh, just because my mother was a believer. Interesting, yeah. And it was kind of the love of Jesus that was kind of just kind of overpowering us. And people saying they were going to pray for us. Right. I mean, it was much more moving than, um, than the receiving line at our wedding. Yeah, it was. So later that night, we we just 
kept on having conversation about what, what we'd experienced. With, uh, with Bernie's dad, yeah. who finally said, um, I think what you're saying is, <laughs> but I don't know what to do next. So what if we get a few hours of sleep and I'll call my pastor in the morning? Huh. And we said, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of that's what happened. Yeah. And they knew um, knew a pastor in San Diego, pastor of a church, and said you should go here. So we got back to San Diego, and um, we had uh, our oldest son by then was a year and a half, and I was expecting our our daughter. And uh, so the next Sunday we went to church, and we thought, nah, don't know if we like this. Didn't like it at all. We'll have to find something else. But we were busy, and Sunday rolled around, and we made a commitment that we were going to go to church, and we said all right, we'll go back there, and had a totally different experience, and said, how do we join? Wow. <laughs> we, we really were. And uh, we didn't know anything about what was, you know, what we were supposed to do. And at one point, the pastor's wife came up to me and said, you know, we have women's Bible study on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, thank you very much, but I come on Sundays, you know, with Bernie. <laughs> and she said, well, it's not the same service. I thought it was like a movie theater. Yeah. You know, you can come on Tuesdays or Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or Wednesdays. It. Um, and then realized like Catholic Mass, maybe that's what you had in your head. These are yeah. all different yeah. services, yeah. so we got we got very involved yeah. for yeah a long time. Jumped in with both feet. Wow, how, how did Christ come into your mind with growing up Jewish and and then the concept of Christ? How did you kind of make that transition? That's interesting. Um, I always believed that he had lived, mm-hmm. and um, and I always believed. You know that I'd, I'd read enough to believe that he was um, he was wise and he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know if I was really prepared to you know to go the next step. And uh, uh, God was kind of enough for me. Why did you Why did you kind of divide that up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that I completely did understand before making the decision. I just knew that. Well, some of it went back to the fact that you know the Book of Ruth and that I we had both said that your people were going to be my people and your God was going to be my God. Mm. And Bernie was really adamant he was going to take this step. And I I do not like to be left behind. <laughs> and I didn't think that was a very good thing to do to our, you know, to our marriage. And uh, so it was really more of a step of faith. And there were times over the next few months when, especially when a pastor would preach about God's chosen people, and I'd go, Oh my! What did I give up? Did I give up being chosen mm. to be? What am I? What am I now if I'm yeah, not chosen? Right. And uh, um, but you know all of that in in time, you know, God answered. And um, I think if I had waited until I had all the questions answered, I don't know how long it would have taken, mm. or if I just would have continued to have more questions. Mm-hmm. But it really was more just um, feeling like it was it was the right thing to do, and um, and being scared and doing it anyway. Hmm. Yeah. You guys are interesting because a lot of people, they wouldn't just keep trying. You get, There was something in you that kept drawing you mm-hmm. to faith and to the church. And, and there are so many people, I think, that maybe grow up with something, but then they can't quite figure it out, and so they just abandon it. And um, the fact that you guys kept coming, what do you guys think that was, that you kept coming back to that and, and trying to figure out where that fit in your life? Well, for me... Um, I grew up as an only child to older parents, and I was very lonely. And um, and my dad had had a heart attack when I was only about six months old, and he wasn't mm. expected to live. And my parents were told not to have any more children because they wouldn't see, you know, my dad wouldn't see them grow up. Wow. And um, 
So, he lived to be 80, yes, by the way. So. Yes, he did. Um, and ride a bike like 20 miles a day, I know. But um, but that was where it was. Wow. Well, he wanted to prepare me and have me, no matter even if I was three years old, be able to take care of my mother. I don't know really what I was supposed to do. Wow. But he talked about dying a lot. And one night, I remember going to bed and just crying and crying because I, you know, the the reality of being maybe four or five years old and thinking that my parents were going to die was, I didn't even know what that meant, right. but it was horrible. And I really felt that that I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I really felt God's comfort and saying, you know, you don't have to figure this out. I'm here. Hmm. And um, and then I had an aunt who lived in Israel for many years, and. Um, and she gave me um, a book called Pathways Through the Bible, which was was illustrated and it had the Old Testament, but just the stories. It was a children's Bible, yeah, basically. But only the Old Testament. Only the Old Testament. Right. And I read it and read it and read it to pieces. Mm. And uh, um, so that was where most of it came. I think around third grade, I do remember Sunday school, um, you know, for a year before we moved to Arizona, maybe before Arizona, and then some in Arizona. But... Um, it, you know, Sunday school kind of stops if you're Jewish when you're um, about fifth grade because then you have to prepare to be bar mitzvah or bas right. mitzvah. And my parents were old-fashioned enough and old country enough. That's not really an old tradition uh, to believe more in confirmation, and so they didn't really want me to be to be part of that. Mm. So after that, I was kind of you know on your own. But I think feeling so different, okay, feeling so much like a stranger yeah. in a strange land. Um, I think made me kind of you know hunker down and um, and that's that's all I can explain. Mm-hmm. I just I've I've felt you know God's presence in my life and um, and without Him saying no, don't do this, I I felt it was you know I, I kind of felt it was okay. So we were both English majors in college, mm-hmm. um, and uh, part of being an English major is you need to have a good grounding in Greek and Roman mythology and the Bible. Right. So we each took a, a year of, uh, of of learning the Bible as literature, uh, taught by somebody who actually was more evangelical hmm. in his own beliefs. But you know, it was interesting. Um, and I got to tell you, I can I can I can go back and think about the weeks we talked about who actually wrote the Book of, of Genesis and all that kind or of or the Yahwist versus the, yes. Yeah. So so I can talk to my seminarian friends, and they all they all nod knowingly. Um, <laughs> But the New Testament was definitely part of it as well. And so it was a fairly in-depth view of, hmm. of the Synoptic Gospels, about, uh, about all the, the, the history of the book of Acts, and then all of the letters from Paul and the others. And we spent a fair amount of time on Revelation. Uh, but it was all from a more of a literature point sure. of view. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to read the New Testament and not get the spiritual nature of what's going on. And I think both of us had that behind us from being in college and and all of that. So the person of Jesus was not someone who was foreign to us. Hmm. And the stories about his life and, and teachings and and the early church, they were not they were not foreign or unknown to us. We we just knew them through a different lens perhaps. Hmm. And again from my background of being in the Methodist church it all was very familiar. And to Anne, I think, from being a literature major, she just took it all in and, and right. uh, kind of began to use that. And when you study literature, you get an awful lot of religious allusions. So you, if you can't read Milton without having some 
knowledge of what's going on, for mm. example. You can't mm-hmm. really read Shakespeare without mm-hmm. understanding these those kinds of things. So it was uh, it was an important background for us hmm. at that time. So it wasn't that many years later that that this this kind of tug at our hearts because I think at the at the time it was not the question in my mind of is there a Jesus. It was like so what, mm-hmm. um, and it was the love of people that was kind of being poured out because of him, because of the relationship that my mother had with the church and all that, that was really compelling. So Anne says I was adamant about, well, I was, I'm not sure I was adamant, but I was certainly leaning that way. And when people talk about a step of faith, it really is a step of faith. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the document, the, the books about, you know, evidence that demands a verdict and all that. I know, I know Lee and we've talked, but um, you know, it, it, at some point, you you just have to take that one next step. Mm-hmm. It is it is an act of faith. It's an act of belief. It's not something you can logically say. Therefore, well, it's it's something more than that. It's a mm-hmm. it's something deep down inside of you that says, "I am real. I am here." Right. You know, take that next step and admit that. Right. Yeah, I love what I love about your story is that um, it's such a story of God pursuing you and that God pursues his people. He pursues us all. And we either choose to respond to that and recognize that he's pursuing us or we choose to turn a blind eye to it. And and you guys recognized it. And and it didn't matter how many times you kind of glimpsed it and then turned away and glimpsed again (laughs) and turned away. But he kept pursuing you. God is nothing but tenacious. Right. Right. And then that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Right. I think people <clears throat> don't know that about him, that he loves us so much that he's going to keep coming after us. It's true. You know, which is yeah. so exciting. Well, um, it's been wonderful having you guys in the studio today. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? Always looking for more volunteers. In the <laughs> that's a good plug. School. Plug whatever you want to plug. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, growth groups on Wednesday night uh, at the church. We meet at six o'clock. Your your guys' yeah. growth group. Tell yeah. me, tell us about your growth group. Oh, it's uh, it's a crazy mix of uh, of folks that <clears throat> have come together, and none of whom have children in the program. <laughs> <laughs> we we made it later from five to seven. Uh, six to seven thirty. Six to seven. We were meeting from five from to six thirty. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the parents have, of, of kids who are coming to it have, have moved on. Um, and we, had, we were just having such a terrible time trying to figure out, when do you eat? How do you get here? What do you do? Sure. So, um, yeah. yeah. And so if someone wants to join that growth group, how do they show up? That? Yeah. Just show up. Where do you guys meet? Uh, in the library. In the library. Right. Okay. And you, to get there at that time of night, you need to come from the parking garage and take the elevator okay. in the in the administrative You guys upstairs, upstairs in the library? Or We're upstairs. upstairs. You're upstairs in the library. Okay. And there's right. room. In oh, that yes. Group. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's yeah. definitely room. Great. And it's mainly couples or a mix of couples and individuals? It's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. We've lost some of our younger members, mm-hmm. so it's um, it's a little bit older group right now. Okay. But... Um, and we're we, getting we're getting older too. Bernie's cringing older. while, while <laughs> Anna's saying that. <laughs> well, Yeah. But we really did lose our younger couples. Yeah, we did. So That's true. There you go. <laughs> um, and not we have a couple of couples, and then we have we have singles, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. And then, if people want to volunteer on Sunday morning, what? How do they do that? 
Um, well, they could either tell Susie or they could tell Michelle. Michelle volunteers all summer long, and it's amazing to have her there. Michelle Whitney. <laughs> Michelle yes. Whitney is Michelle Whitney, amazing. Yes. Um, or they could just stop by room four and uh, just say hi mm-hmm. um, before or after service, and uh, I'd be very and you glad. And you have a mailbox. I also have a mailbox. You do. Great. So they can also go to the church office and just leave a note in my mailbox. That would be great, Wonderful. too. Great. Good. Good plugs, guys. I like you it. Bet. You bet. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Porters, for joining me on the LJPC Conversations podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. This podcast has been produced by me, Shannon Cunningham, and our wonderful Director of Communications, Jim Sedgwick.